Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Today's episode is sponsored by Logan Arch. Logan Arch is my favorite place to do some nerdy and nostalgic shopping. They have everything from notebooks to pillows to enamel pins, and they cover current fandoms as well as geeky things from our childhood. My personal favorite is the Problematic Space Boyfriend Collection. To check them out, go to loganarchchicago.com and follow them all over the internet at loganarchchicago. Hey, welcome to the Sartorial Geek Podcast. I'm Jordan Denae, and I am back with Tara Theo Harris, who has been on the podcast before, but kind of a while ago. So welcome back. <laughs> yeah, hello. I'm very happy to be back. So this is funny. We are doing this series that's sort of like a behind the scenes, deeper dive into businesses. And you and I recorded an episode. I didn't actually figure out when it was. I think it was like three years ago because it was before you were having a baby and before the pandemic. So I think it was a while. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, but it's wild. I mean, I feel like everything that's happened in the pandemic times is its own little black hole. Yeah, it feels like a day, but it's actually so I'm been... just like, no, that was like a year <laughs> so ago. But it's like, well, no, plus pandemic. I know. So we recorded a really good episode and then I never aired it because we never like did this before. So it was so good, y'all. This one's just a tribute. I, I asked <laughs> if you would like do it again. So thank you. <laughs> So even if people know you from our last episode, you are doing so many different things than you were then. So can you um, give your little bio of what you're up to these days? Yeah. Yeah. So I am Tara Theo Harris um, from The Geeky Hostess, which is a, a geeky food party lifestyle blog that I've had for, at this point, probably like 12 years now and have had a lot of really great opportunities come from that, which we'll get into on, on this podcast. If you know me from The Geeky Hostess, you may know me from my Sprinkle Kickstarter, or you've seen me at a convention where I've been selling the geeky sprinkles and other fun products. And then from that, I have done some cookbooks. So I got my first cookbook deal doing the unofficial Minecrafters cookbook a few years back. From that, was able to get a few other amazing cookbooks made, um, including Break an Egg, the Broadway cookbook, and the upcoming Tomb Raider, the official cookbook and travel guide, which comes out October 26th. So all of that I do kind of in the evenings and weekends and early mornings. I do have a day job that's at Amazon. I'm the total typical Seattleite with my Amazon job. I work on the toys and games team there on the retail side and get to do a lot of fun stuff there. And then um, other than that, I'm a mom, as you mentioned. I have, at this point, he is almost 17 months old baby. So I had him right at the beginning of all the stay-at-home orders for the pandemic. So pandemic and motherhood have always been intertwined for me. That's so wild. Which is a very weird thing that could be its own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to get too much <laughs> of <laughs> Yeah, I feel like what a strange marker too, where you can like always remember when both of those things happened because they were literally (laughs) at the same time. That's so crazy. So when we recorded this a long time ago, you had just gone back to full-time work. And I think that's a really interesting conversation. And like when we do panels, we talk a lot about this or when I moderate panels about small businesses, but I feel like there is this idea that we tend to have that there's like 
a correct path of like creativity and business owning. And it's not (laughs) true or real (laughs) at all. But I also feel like it's one of those things that no one really talks about for like a bunch of reasons. It's personal and you know, there's lots of emotions around it. And sometimes it's embarrassing, even though it like actually shouldn't be. So I would love to talk a little bit about because you did a bunch of those stages, like you started Geeky Hostess as a hobby, right? And then did it full time and then didn't do it full time anymore. Yeah. So when Geeky Hostess first started, at that time, I was working a social media job and was doing a lot of social media and blogging in that job kind of for the geek market, but targeted towards men. And I was really excited to create something that appealed a little bit more to me, that was a little bit more feminine, and also allowed me the opportunity to learn how to cook and entertain and do all the things that I felt at that time were like the cool grown-up things that I wanted to learn how to do. The blog was a, a way to hold myself accountable to that. So I started doing that just kind of for fun. After a while, I quit the social media job and went full-time into the Geeky Hostess. And I did some freelance consulting as well, because as you and everyone knows, when you first start a new venture, money can be tight. So it's always good to make sure that if you're giving up the day job, that you have some form of income coming in or some sort of freelance thing that you can possibly do until you're ready to take that next big step. So I did that for a while. Around that time is when I created the Geeky Sprinkle Kickstarter. And then from that, created a couple other lines of sprinkles. I worked with Friday Afternoon Tea to do some themed geeky tea that had the sprinkles in them. I did some cupcake liners, just kind of some funsy stuff. And I had a good time with that. But I learned from doing that process what I was good at, what I wasn't very good at, and what I just wasn't interested at getting better at. And I think that's a really big thing that it's good to have that awareness of yourself. And it's something that took me a really long time to learn that I'm to the point now where I know that there are certain things that I'm very good at and very passionate about. And there are certain things that just don't appeal to me. And sadly enough for running a business, things like worrying about like the finances and like the nitty gritty details uh, and, oh <laughs> and like the sales are the things that I'm just not great at. I'm a great idea person. I was great at creating connections. I'm great at you know, finding the manufacturers and sourcing materials and doing all of that and doing the marketing and everything. But when it comes down to making sure that I can actually sell these into physical stores and maintain my inventory and and all of that, it's a lot for one person to do, especially if if that's just not where your mind is at. And I was very, I was going to say brave. I don't know if that's the word. Yeah, I think so. It was very risky to the first product to ever create, have it be a, a food safe product is a risky thing. And so it's something where I wasn't able to move the thousands and thousands of bottles that I had created quick enough to make them make sense to be fresh enough on store shelves. So it just didn't make sense to do another run. There's also a variety of manufacturer issues and you know increased minimums that kept happening. And I'm trying to get time on this manufacturer's production floor when they're working with Walmart and Target and <laughs> right. places that are giving them much larger orders. So there are a variety of issues there, but it got to the point that I need to take a look at what I was doing, what was helping me drive my goals forward, what was making me happy, what was bringing in income for me and my family, and make the decision to scale back and go back into a full-time job. 
And it is a very, very tough decision. It definitely, as you said before, it it feels like failure when really anyone who's had a small business or been in the startup world can tell you it's not failing, it's pivoting. And you need to have those moments of, you know, quote unquote failure to be able to realize what you do want and what is going to work. But that's so much easier said than... And like how you're feeling in that moment. And that's definitely why I wanted to have this conversation because just hearing someone say that is like, oh yeah, okay. It's not just me. Like, it feels <laughs> yeah. so good to have, if, uh, you know, validation with that. <laughs> yeah. And if you think about the, you know, the quote unquote failures in your life and where they have have driven you and helped you grow. It's amazing. I mean, I've had jobs that I wasn't happy at left. I've had jobs where I was fired. I've had, you know, things like this where I had to take a step back and realize that I needed to to change my direction. And all of those have helped me get into bigger and better situations where I'm even more fulfilled than what I was doing before. If I didn't give up, you know, focusing on creating and selling products and going back to a day job where I can have that be my focus for my income and I can let the rest of my time focus on creative work, I wouldn't have had the opportunity or you know the brain space to be able to create cookbooks, which was ultimately my dream from day one. So now I, I have this really nice balance where I'm safe and secure with my day job. I'm able to do what I need to do there, but then I have that creative freedom to be able to create these really fun cookbooks and fulfill that side of my life on the side and not have to entirely worry about that being my income. And that might change in the future. I might get a few really great cookbook deals and decide I want to only do this for a little while. But for right now, this is what makes sense for me. And I feel like I can still be the geeky hostess and still be Tara and still do all the things that I want to do just a little bit different. And I think two things are really important. One like you just said, this is your decision for now. Like, I feel like we often think that whatever decision we're making in the moment is like the permanent decision for the rest of our lives and whose life really ever works that way. So like a hundred percent, you uh, could be doing something totally different in three years and we could have a a whole other episode about that. (laughs) And that's totally fine and normal. And two, I think there's also this idea Which is true in a way sometimes, but there's this idea that like you don't have as much time as you'll want for your creative side projects or hobbies or whatever it is if you're working a full-time job. And that's kind of true. But also if you're running a business, you're working like a hundred hours a week on that and have no time. Exactly. It's nice to be able to have something that has at least a suggestion of a work-life balance. I think that is real. And and definitely, you know, there is something to having all of your time to be able to devote to your your hobbies and your creative projects. But also I do think that for most people, the life of an entrepreneur is like all encompassing and not always all rewarding. So like I made so much less money and had so much less free time running my business than I do now with a full-time job and (laughs) running these things as, you know, side gigs. It's incredible. It's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, when we, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about your thought process and journey, but I know when we first recorded this type of podcast, you know, three years back, you were kind of going through some of that, those initial thoughts and that decision of, you know, should I be going back into a full-time job or not? Yeah, I will say to you too, having 
hearing that you did it and it worked and was so great and it wasn't the end of the world and all these things (laughs) that like you know aren't really gonna happen but like you weren't shunned by all your creative friends for like selling out and getting a job and everyone didn't (laughs) forget you exist because you go into work nine to five like all these things that don't even make sense to think but we're so scared of them like yeah oh no I had like a month of like breakdowns and sadness and it took a long time to get to that decision. But once I decided, yes, this is what I need to do, a weight lifts off your shoulders. And it was still hard. But as you said, I'm I'm on the other side and I'm so happy about it. Again, this this might not be forever. This is just what is right right now in my life and what I need right now. That doesn't mean that I fail at running a business or I fail at creating products. It just means at that time in my life, what I needed wasn't that you know, there's always opportunity to go back and and try something else. Again, as any startup or small business person will tell you, there's a lot of failure, a lot of pivoting. None of it means that you are a failure just because you decide to do something different. Yeah. And I remember something else that you said last time we talked that was, I still remember it. And I think about it a lot is it also means something that you tried. So like you actually know what it was like to run your business full time. And so do I. And so there isn't this like magical, like, oh, if I just have a successful Kickstarter, then my life will be different. Or if I just like hit this number of sales, or if I quit everything else and do this full time, then when you don't know something is this magical, like maybe everything will be perfect then. I think for both of us, it was really valuable to see what that was like. And now we know. (laughs) So I don't have these like (laughs) delusions of grandeur that like small business life is perfect and nothing ever goes wrong. Yeah, it is tough work and everything goes wrong. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's very rough. But on that note, you touched on a really important thing there. And that is that even through giving up the thing that you're doing and moving on or quote unquote failing, all of that doesn't go away. It doesn't just get erased. It doesn't vanish. That is experience that you've earned and you've learned, and it's going to help everything else that you do. When I started interviewing for a full-time job coming out of that, I realized that all of the answers I had to all of the questions you know, they asked were all coming from creating this line of sprinkles. Like I have answers to those questions of like, you know, what is a time that something wasn't up to your standards of quality and how did you fix it? Or how do you deal with a difficult customer? Or how do you manage your time? I mean, all of those questions that you're going to get asked, you're going to have the answers from and they're going to be amazing answers from running a small business. You're going to be able to create the most amazing LinkedIn profile from all of the different layers of experience that you have, especially if you're doing it by yourself because you've touched on literally every part of a business (laughs) if you're the only one doing it. So, I mean, that experience was so invaluable. And even though it was tough and I decided not to do it forever, I would never not do it again because the amount of things I learned from it, it would have taken me years and years and multiple different types of jobs to be able to learn everything I did. And I think there's something else cool, which you just said where not everything or it doesn't all go away, which you were talking about experience. But I think there's another thing that's really cool about it too, that I'm a little more like still actively in it right now trying to figure that out. But if you have been running a job or or your hobby with more full-time hours or just more hours, and then you take a step back, like all of the work that you've put into that company or brand or whatever it is also doesn't go away. So like you've put all this energy into building it 
And then what's been the most fun for me, which is what you said at the beginning, is like I can look at the brands and the projects that I have and then say, okay, if these don't have to pay my bills anymore, what of this do I actually like? And then I can just do those things, which is exactly what you did too. Like you built all and these it things. Feels so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be able to write a cookbook. And then now with your full-time job, you can still like test out recipes and then just write cookbooks, which is the thing you wanted to do in the first place, which is exactly. amazing. <laughs> and like the audience didn't go away. The blog that you did full-time didn't go away. All the like, you know, customers and followers and connections you made didn't go away. You can Absolutely. just do like only the fun parts, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think enough people talk about the positives because again, like I really feel like I've rarely heard this conversation. And maybe it's also because I started my business a little bit after you, but I feel like it was very in this like Etsy female entrepreneur, girl boss, creative, like it's partly because I'm in the world, but like every Facebook ad I get is like, do you want to quit your job and start a business? Do oh you my wanna, gosh. Yes. You know, it's everywhere. every time I see those and I'm like, do I? Yeah. I'm like, no, Tara. You, no, we you did this, this already. <laughs> because it's not interesting to be like, do you want to not do that? <laughs> and then just have like a chill hustle or side hobby that you like and then just yeah. enjoy your life. Well, it's also very, off of that. <laughs> it's very ingrained in the millennial culture as well. So I'm really excited to see as these next generations grow up, how they interact with, you know, side hustles and, and hobbies. And are they able to find a hobby that they don't feel they have to monetize? And what does yeah, that feel like? That like right? <laughs> <laughs> and a big part of that is, I mean, we grew up in a recession. We grew up knowing that we'd always have to take on multiple jobs or have side hustles. And live in cities that are not yep. living, <laughs> living in cities, uh, growing up with social media where you're always seeing, you know, the best of everyone and you're seeing people promote all the time. It's a weird part of our culture that's just ingrained into us and everyone needs to have their own side hustle. So yeah, it's really tough. And there are parts of the internet and parts of TikTok that are starting to embrace that and encouraging you to just find a hobby that doesn't need to fulfill any large goals, like put together a jigsaw puzzle, sit in the bath and enjoy a cup of tea. <laughs> like These are things that, that feel so hard for me coming from someone who has run a business. It's do things that are just nice to do that you don't <laughs> ever have to make any money off of. What a, I like, can't think of the last time I did that. <laughs> I was just sitting here like, oh, that all sounds know, so like, nice. Oh, wow. That does sound nice. <laughs> well, maybe I'll stick some on my calendar for like a month from now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think something else that's very cool too, and I don't know a lot about like writing and publishing cookbooks, but I know that industry is not easy. Like I know publishing is not easy. So I imagine it is similar where I feel like one of the things that really made me like confident that this was the right decision for me is businesses get a bad rep of being like evil and they definitely all aren't, <laughs> but it also makes sense that so many have to make like not awesome decisions to stay afloat. You know, one of the things that I was up against was like, okay, if I want the things I'm doing, which to be fair, are not always huge money makers. Like I run a podcast, a print magazine and t-shirts. So like, you know, those are things that are not necessarily like super easy. <laughs> I made cupcake liners and sprinkles. Right. These things have like MSRPs of like four to $8. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so and I'm sitting here being like, 
I just want to give all of it to like charity events and like, can I just make things for my friends because they like it? And my husband's like, that's not how you run a business. (laughs) And that's when I learned. (laughs) I know that is exactly how you run a fun hobby and not how you run a business. So, you know, it was extra tricky with the pandemic. Like that didn't make anything easier for anyone, but I was looking at numbers and I was like, okay, I am going to have to run my business differently to make this work. And none of the options I see on the table are options that I feel good about or options that make people like my brand. Like I was like, okay, we're going to have to make things cheaper or we're going to have to like, you know, cut corners in all the ways that people cut corners. And that tends to not feel good. And that wasn't, you know, what I wanted to do. So now it's really great where I can pay my bills and then I can still do like collaborations with cool artists. And if I don't make any profit off of them, like that's fine. (laughs) And I can still have this podcast. And if I'm not paying my bills off of it, which I never have, that's fine. (laughs) And I'm sure that's the same with like, you don't have to run yourself ragged and never see your kid doing like book tours and whatever you would even have to do to make a living off of nerdy cookbooks. I don't even know what that yeah, would look like. I mean, my actually all of the cookbooks, I think, no, I guess they've been slightly different payments, but they've all been pretty low. I definitely would not be able to write cookbooks as a full-time gig at this point. But it's something where I'll let my agent and the publisher negotiate the cost, but I know ultimately I'm going to be okay <laughs> with what it comes down to and that this is additional money that can be saved. I usually try to, because it is my side hobby fun thing, not my day job, I'll usually buy something special once I get a new cookbook deal. So for the Broadway one, I bought season tickets to the Paramount, which is the theater that does all of the touring Broadway shows in Seattle, because I was like, this is research for my cookbook yes. <laughs> and like a fun little themed, you know, celebration for the Tomb Raider cookbook. I reach out to one of my friends who's this amazing videographer and I paid him to help me create a really cool little 30 second cooking video of one of the recipes that I'm going to post as we get closer. So it's technically feels like a business expense to the book, but it's something that I'd always wanted to do. I love working with him. I love getting to support my other friends and, and the work that they do. So getting to be able to use the money for for things like that is it's really nice and those are not things that you would necessarily be able to do if you needed that for rent this isn't really the point of the episode but something i just thought of is like it is kind of interesting too when you've been on all sides of it that like if you are running a business you should never judge anyone that you don't know anyway but like (laughs) it is kind of interesting where like the decisions i can make and the stuff i can do now that I have a paycheck separately are so different. And I feel like it could possibly look like that's happening because my business all of a sudden got so much more successful that I have more money to do things. It's like, no, that's because I'm just getting paid by someone else now. So yeah, it's, it's just something to think about made too. <laughs> an intelligent decision to take a step back and focus on the things that bring you joy and give the anxieties over to a new thing, which is the day job and let them focus on where that paycheck is coming from. And Oh man, that feels so good. Yeah. That part feels so good. (laughs) You know, we're both very fortunate to be able to have this discussion of, of being able to have had a creative job that we were doing on our own and then be able to go into these really great salaried full-time positions. And, you know, that is a, a place of privilege. I know that not everybody has that opportunity. So I just wanted to acknowledge that we both are very lucky in that sense. And for some people, you need to have multiple jobs and multiple side hustles and you keep doing you if that's what you need to do. But if you have that opportunity to take those skills that you've learned in your own 
job and interview for a role in another company to be able to give yourself a little bit more of that creative freedom to just focus on the things you enjoy later. Definitely give it a try. Absolutely. And I don't think I've said this on any of my episodes yet, but I did job search for 18 months. So (laughs) if this sounds like it was just like (laughs) really easy and I got offers left and right. And I, that is not how it worked for me. So yeah. if that's not how it's working and for especially you, in the middle fine. of a pandemic, I mean, yeah, that's a man. rough time. So <laughs> congrats to you for finding something that's very <laughs> exciting. It was hard for a long time. <laughs> I think that is a perfect way to end. And I want to uh, give you a, a minute to pitch. I know you talked about your newest cookbook, but it is coming out like really soon, which is super cool. Yeah. So yeah, Tomb Raider, the official cookbook and travel guide comes out October 26th. I am very excited. It's my first official licensed cookbook. And out of all the licenses to get to work with, getting to work on the cookbook for the most badass like female video game character, it's just Every once in a while, I just have to stop and be like, I'm technically kind of in like the canon of Tomb Raider now. Like I created the recipes for Tomb Raider. It's a very fun thing when you're doing creative work that you're so in it while you're doing it. Creating the cookbook, it's okay. You know, you're dealing with editors and you're like, okay, is this one teaspoon or half teaspoon? And you're like, everything is just these, these tiny little details and it's, it's messy work. And so now at this point, getting to take that step back as they're revealing the cover and, you know, the interior images and just going, wow, like I helped make this happen. The words I wrote are, are a part of Tomb Raider legacy now. It's, it's so cool. Also being able to work on licensed things after not is just a whole new world. That's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) That is so cool. Yeah. Living the dream. That's so cool. (laughs) So are you, you're doing some like virtual book marketing Tory things? No? Yes? Yeah. I don't know their full marketing plan yet, but I think there will be some interview type things going around as we get closer to the book launch. And then I still need to pitch it, but I have a couple uh, panels kind of that will hopefully be happening at some virtual conventions in the next year. And my hope is that when things start to safely open back up if and when that I can start doing kind of the convention circuit again in real life, maybe do some signings, do some in-person panels, hit up some bookstores and do some cool stuff there. So if you want to see where I'll be and what I'll be doing once that's a possibility again, um, I'll be posting all that information on my website, taratheoharris.com. And you can follow me. I'm in the process of trying to change everything to at taratheoharris, but as anyone who's tried that before knows that, you know, you can run into some issues. Um, Someone impersonated me a few years back on Facebook and removed that username for being a possibility for both Facebook and Instagram. So, oh my God, I forgot about that. So terrible. So on Instagram, I'm still geeky Tara, but everywhere else you should be able to find me at Tara Theo Harris. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was so great. I hope that we both get to be at in-person conventions in the sometime future. And uh, it'll be so fun to like, emerge with a stack of books. That oh my read. God. That's I'm, really cool. It's my little book cocoon. I'll come out. <laughs> yeah. Come out on the other side of this with a little pile of books. That's so great. And thank you again so much for taking time and talking about all this stuff that isn't talked about that much, but I think is really important. So I'm glad we could have this conversation. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And 
honestly, I mean, I remember the first conversation we had about it a few years back and I left just feeling feeling so good about that conversation. And if there are folks out there that are thinking of making that jump or that pivot from full-time into something different and you're nervous about it, you have questions, you are welcome to reach out to me. I love talking about this. It was really difficult for me in the moment and I feel so much better for it now. So you're welcome to shoot me a message um, on my contact form on my website or just DM me and uh, we'll chat. I appreciate that so much. And I feel like some people listening will also appreciate that. (laughs) So thank you so much. And uh, hopefully I'll get to see you soon. And if not, I'll see you on the internet. Thank you. So good talking to you. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. If you want to hear more like this, you can subscribe to the Sartorial Geek Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help us out, you can leave us a rating or a review or head to patreon.com slash sartorialgeek. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye.